0: How's it, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of Freedom Fanatics. My name is Alex, and today I've got my awesome colleagues, Erlen from Cape Town and Tiego from a very hot uh, Polo Guane. Welcome, gents. Welcome back to the show. Thanks. Thanks, Alex. Hey, hey Alex. Awesome. Okay, lads. So today uh, we're going to be talking about uh, we're going we're to switch things up a bit. We're going to start with our news item uh, this week, which, uh, which is a, actually a sort of a mini documentary that I came across uh, in uh, EWN. Um, and it is a video documentary about uh, a community on the east end of Johannesburg, out, just outside Boxburg, um, called uh, Rake Park. Uh, we, we've we had the privilege of, of chatting to uh, some reps from from Rega Park. Shonen uh, has been interviewed by uh, Justice, who heads up uh, the Rega Bulletin, uh, very yeah. awesome little community uh, newspaper. Shonen, before we jump into the into the video, um, what, what what what's your experience been like with uh, chatting to to the to Justice and and residents of of Rega Park?
1: Yeah, man, it, obviously, it's, it was always a privilege being able to join them on the platform, um, especially getting to find out, you know, some of the issues um, that they face um, mm. in the community. And many of it is the same as a lot, lot of the rest of us do, you know, like um, lack of resources, um, um, low safety and security, you know, struggling with unemployment. Those are things that they have been enduring and Yet they remain like a resilient um, group of people, especially with regards to you know them creating their own bulletin, which is a platform where they share information and not really necessarily relying on outside sources, but mm. getting together and you know e- taking the initiative to inform one another about things happening in the community and that was That was a really good experience being with him, yeah.
0: Awesome. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the story—the story that uh, this uh, little documentary highlights—is uh, quite a sad one. I mean, it's—it's it's about two two young boys who went off, uh, I think, after school and to a nearby mine dump site uh, and got caught in a in a landfill, uh, in, in a sort of a, a kind of lake that sort of trapped them in in it. Um, and unfortunately, they, they later drowned. So this this is what this is a sort of precursor to to this uh, to this story. Uh, so we're going to watch let uh, two two or so minutes, and then we'll jump into it and, and discuss it a little bit.
2: Incident has raised a number of concerns faced by the Rehga Park community. They believe that should these challenges be addressed adequately. Tragedies such as the death of little children doing something as innocent as playing near their homes will be prevented.
3: The, the wall needs to be erected, ASAP, okay? Uh, in every area, you know, uh, there is space for park, you know, for a park, uh, parking thing. So they need to uh, have slides put up, here in the flats as well if you go on the other side the grass is so long you know uh, we, we might be just people that have been forgotten by government what is the only option they have the only option is to take the risk of going and adventure this place you know they go and adventure what what is actually happening there and many times they don't come back i just believe that council has to take full responsibility. The mind has to take full responsibility of, of the health of the people of the site. Uh, at the end of the day, uh, we need people to come out. We need the premier actually to come out and see in what condition we live here. It's about time that they start uh, doing what they have to do because uh, it, every... Yeah, it's the same thing, promises, 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 that has never been ful- fulfilled. Once the election
4: is over, then it's forgotten. Until the next election or the next race, I would say. And it's so sad because we cannot do that to communities. Currently, we're looking at, 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 at the illegal connections with these schools. I mean, there's young ones, as, as young as six years, you send your child to school and your child, by accident, steps on that illegal connections, What then? Just another case again, just another loss, uh, uh, life loss. Um, I would really plead to the necessary authorities there to, to step up their game in terms of safety and security. I feel there's 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 there's
0: people that gets paid for services services that they don't render. Yeah. All right, guys. So I think let, let's leave it there. I mean, we could could go on forever. I mean, it's a very it's mean, a very sad story, but it's we don't we don't mean to to uh, be a platform of doom and gloom. But I think what what's, I think so striking about this the story it really is that it you really could take a place take a name. And it could be anywhere in, in the country. Um, we see this all over the sh- all over the country. Um, and I mean, the, the one thing I want to jump into the 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 gentleman that interview, uh Tiako Peter Basson, he says we might just be people that have been forgotten by the government. Um, you've 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 uh, worked in in in, in communities in, in the Eastern Cape. What what are your thoughts on, on, on Peter's comment there?
5: Well, I think it's, 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 it's tragic that we have come to a point whereby citizens feel that they have been forsaken by the government. And of course, uh, this is not a unique story. It's, it's like you said, it's a, it's a, it's a story that's, that's familiar all over South Africa. You come down to Limpopo, I think it must have been in 2014, whereby we lost a life of a seven-year-old Michael Komape who fell into a pit toilet at at, at school. In the Eastern Cape as well, we have had such such instances whereby young people have fallen either into lakes or into toilets and have died, um, all because the government has has, has neglected them and has neglected Mm -hmm. delivering services and providing proper um, infrastructure to communities. So I think it's it's, it's tragic that we, we, we are where we are and yeah, I hope that as, as time goes, citizens can take back their power from the government and begin to to do things themselves. And yeah,
0: we move yeah, in that position. Sure. I mean, Sh- Shirlene, in the video, I mean, there's, they chat to the counselor, who I believe uh, is affiliated with the Patriotic Alliance. And we see that they, they did quite well uh, in the recent elections, particularly in, in predominantly colored areas. Um, mm-hmm. and I, I, often people from those areas of course um the one thing she mentions uh is that you know she cites government officials as being obviously complicit in this whole uh failure to to protect its citizens to serve its citizens um and i i believe she's recently taken office And, and the one thing i think she later mentions in the video is that you know she's got 27 years of uh Maybe 27 is a, is, a bit, is a bit harsh, but she's got at least a decade's worth of, of cleaning up to do. And I mean, now that we're going into an era of coalition politics and, and all the rest, um, you know, it is at least people voting in somebody from the community a uh, sort of proactive first step to hopefully solving some of the issues that Rega Park faces?
1: yes absolutely um i couldn't agree with you more alex that we actually start you know identifying there's a lot of leaders especially in the regular park as we've seen that you know understand the needs of the community understand the heart of the community and you know actually really active participants in side of the communicate communities in which they want to become leaders um and i think that's important because something we see especially when it comes to coalitions um uh, right now is even a good example is the way um, the major political parties are, are going into an argument of he said, she said, um, within that with each other and you know, having to sort out personal differences. But in the meantime, there are communities like Regal that are struggling to get basic services um, fixed and you know attended to. And that's why um, I also believe that this is a good example of why communities need to um, state-proof themselves. Where they need to begin actually taking responsibility for the water management, for the sewage management, for cleaning up the communities, and providing safety and security, even if it's through neighborhood watches.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely, I, th- I think I think it's awesome that you touch on some some solutions because it's, it's actually quite difficult to imagine where do you start. Um, you know, we, yeah. uh, and this is where we, we bring bring in this week's uh, sort of fan article of the week, uh, which was written by. Uh, an old colleague of ours, Tariq Khan, and his his piece basically, uh, well, his piece is titled "Communities Embrace Self Reliance Over Government Dependence," over dependence uh, on government rather. Um, and he goes on to talk, cites four examples of where communities have taken back control, or at least tried to uh, solve some instance of uh, service delivery uh, failure uh you know he cites uh, a story from um from Harry Smith with with some water issues they have uh same also water issues within Hetlangrefia uh I believe in the northwest um but i think i think the central the central thesis that that Tariq touches on is that people have lost faith in the government to deal with their problems mm. um but Tiako, the one thing that I worry about here is that, you know, not 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 South African necessarily descending into an anarchic state, but that the structure of local governance, and you've you've campaigned to be a, a local mm-hmm. councillor, is you know do can we do you see can we restore faith in local governance structures, or is it going to be a thing of communities sort of? isolating themselves and becoming entirely self-sufficient.
5: Well, I think we we definitely can restore faith at the local government level. The only thing is that remember these people politicians are human beings. So now even in terms of the faith that we do restore, it's it's never really that sustainable because today you might today you wake up with a mayor for example who genuinely cares about people and knows and understands what they are doing tomorrow you wake up with someone else who is clueless parachuted into the position of becoming a mayor knows nothing and yeah so i think that the best solution is 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 really for people to begin doing these things for themselves and cutting reducing um the powers of local of of, of governments at at local government level and allowing people to do most of these things themselves um the only thing would to of course mean that you should scrap out some of the rates and services that people pay to local governments, municipalities, because these monies are meant for uh, delivering Mm. services and if services are not being delivered people must deliver their own services so then it's only fair that people don't uh, pay for, for, for such services that they are delivering for themselves but I do think that we must reduce government even at local level and yeah people should Start doing these things themselves as much as it's possible.
0: Okay, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's it's going to be a bit of a patchwork, patchwork job at the moment. And I mean, we've there's there's examples across, especially last year, tons of examples of uh, local residents, as Tarek's article highlights, taking matters into their own hands and doing it in a very, as you say, you know, withholding rates and taxes. Um, There was a there was a a judgment recently uh, against a community in the Northern Cape, where the where the court ordered them to stop fixing their own town. Um, the the reasons of which I can't exactly remember, but you know, that's a very, very awkward kind of full circle where your government's not delivering, but on the one hand, it's communities yeah. also can't help themselves. But I mean, Sheldon, the one thing here is that, you know, the, the council in the, in the Rega park example says that there are people that get paid for services that they don't render. Um, and so, you know, these are people getting contracts. Um, you know, maybe to in this example, to you know, maybe to deal with illegal connections it seems to be a, a big issue in that community. Um, but I mean, let's let's look at the bigger picture for a moment before we before we jump into burning questions with Mbali. Um, how do we link this to what? Let's for a moment try and say restore hope in democracy and governments in that linking it to broader policy, you know, how does something, how does something like cadre deployment, uh, for example, mm-hmm. which is like a, which is a policy position uh, that informs the hiring practices of the ANC and that leaks then into government structures. How does something like that affect a community mm-hmm. like Reagan Park? And why should they continue to hold government account, uh, Despite what they, their lived experience of, you know urban decay uh is
1: yeah something like deployment definitely affects um local communities even because most of the tenders and contracts and even positions are not given to the best people capable for the job but are actually given to the connected and who are the friends of these people making the decisions on um contractors and so forth and alex as you say we at fan we believe um In a limited government, a a capable state. Um, And that does not mean, and that means that we believe that government does have a role to play. But at the same time, it's exciting when hearing stories like um, in Tariq's article, when communities essentially begin building up um, educational facilities for themselves Mm -hmm. and they manage sustainable water supplies and fix bottles even um, by themselves with limited resources. That's exciting stuff to actually hear, especially one of my favorite stories in that article, uh, by the way, is of the um community, where they've taken over responsibilities for repairing the sewage. And in that one, it took one man essentially to be like, you know what, enough is enough. Um, we, we cannot accept the conditions that we have been stuck in and that we have to live in, and the entire community followed. So essentially, I know all of us have frustrations in our communities, and all it takes is literally one person to be like, you know what, this isn't the standard of the quality of life that we deserve, and therefore we need to take it into our mm-hmm. own hands instead of waiting um, for a government to take for as long as they want to. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, that would be
0: that would be my thoughts on that. Yeah, absolutely, yeah, I think. Yeah, role models and leaders are super important. Uh, yeah, Tiago, your yes. final thoughts on on this on this issue? Yeah, I was
5: about yeah I was about to say that I think we are as a country in the crisis that we find ourselves in, uh, due mainly to leader deployment, we in many instances you have people running institutions, uh, be it state-owned institutions, municipalities, departments, who are not qualified for positions that have been given to them. And in a lot of instances, what these people do, because they are not qualified and, and, and their future and those positions are not assured are not insured in any way, they get in, start giving tenders to their friends and everything, and so as to queue their pockets for the future and stuff. So really, it's it's a it's catered deployment that has, has, has gotten us into the crisis that we are in. And it's something that we must get rid of if we take seriously the project of rebuilding South Africa and restoring. Our institutions and yeah, getting service delivered right, essentially. Yeah,
0: absolutely. I mean, at the end of the day, it's it's ordinary communities that suffer at the hands of uh, really abhorrent policies. And I think on that note, guys, uh, you can find awesome articles like Tarek's, uh and engaging videos at uh, fan a n dot net, dot net, and you know, follow us on on Facebook, Instagram. Twitter, as well as TikTok. So at Badger of Liberty, that's where you can find our stuff. And on that note, let's move on to something a little bit more lighthearted with this week's episode of Burning Questions with Mbali up next. (laughs)
2: <laughs> hello and welcome to the light-hearted um, episode of burning questions um hi alex how's shawlen hi diego you can all say hi back in you know like Oopsie a choir ban- 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 ban-
1: ban- ban- <laughs> ban-
2: <laughs> so guys today um we're talking about, it's, it's a little interesting um, what you guys were talking about, and we have a different view from one of our colleagues from Gabriel, and he was very um, kind to share his thoughts with us um, via a quote. Mm-hmm. So this is what his quote says. It's very interesting. Majority youth unemployment will persist as long as property rights are threatened by Gucci slinging, looting racial, racial, racial nationalists. Um, Guys, I don't know how I feel about this quote, um, and as always, I always have a lot to say, but uh, let's open it up, let's start with Sholin. Sholin, um, Gucci-slinging, looting, national, race, racial nationalists. what do you think about this quote?
1: Yeah, so absolutely, I can't agree with Gabriel more, um, and mm-hmm. in this quote, the Gucci-slinging, looting, racial, racial nationalist that he's referring to are the likes of, Um, Some of our political elite, like the EFF and ANC, Mm. who, you know, pretend to be um, fighters for the people, Um, yet tend to um, walk around with the um, overalls in parliament, but behind the scenes walk around with Gucci and Louis Vuitton and the latest Mercedes Benz which is pretty ironic um, in your opinion drip is
2: forever serving the people is temporary you know (laughs) even for my labor
1: (laughs) (laughs) even for my labor drip is forever and you're right in
0: Bali
2: (laughs) yeah definitely Alex your thoughts before we go into um, the comments
0: yeah I I think what's important to to acknowledge in Gabriel's quote is uh, the idea of property rights um, mm-hmm. He says, you know, property rights will remain threatened um, by, you know, essentially race nationalists who, who want to nationalize the land, they want to nationalize the healthcare, they want to nationalize banks, they want to nationalize mines. So essentially mm-hmm. what they want to do, and I think especially going on what we discussed earlier in, in Freedom Fanatics um, is that they want to take control away from people. And what we mm. just realized is that, you know, People need more control over what is theirs. Yeah. So if people have ownership, um, they're more likely to take care of what, what's around them. Um, and we can see that when when the state owns and manages stuff, particularly in South Africa, and it, you know it's, things fall apart. So I think exactly. uh, I think Gabriel's yeah. spot on there.
2: Yeah, definitely. Um, Diako, maybe let me then, have your your thoughts yeah. there quickly.
5: Yeah, well, I was about to say that no no one wants to invest in a country whereby property rights are shaky you know you are not really Mm. sure um where things stand in terms Mm. of property rights so that's been part of the problem in south africa investors are quite hesitant to invest in the south african economy given Mm. all these conversations taking place around property rights and most concerning is that the governing party at its last policy conference adopted mm-hmm. land expropriation without compensation as a policy position that they would implement in government so as, mm-hmm. as an investor you didn't want to invest in a country whereby you could put your money today sorry mm-hmm. and wake up the next day with, with, yeah. with everything um, taken by the government and belonging to the government including investments mm-hmm. that you have made so it's, it's no surprise yeah. that unemployment keeps on rising because really Investors do not have confidence in, in, in the South African economy and how things are being carried out in the country, sure.
2: Yeah, definitely. Okay. Um. Let's go to what the people think. You know, people aren't, don't hesitate sharing what they think about our codes, okay. you know. It's very nice to see. So this one is from Sizwe, and Sizwe says, beneficiaries of apartheid systems as much as they inherited assets illegally obtained by their forefathers. Are guilty of inheriting stolen properties. Hey, man. Alex, go for it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Damn,
2: <laughs> oh, that was weird. Okay, but yes, Alex, let's no, no, go. No, no, no.
0: That's uh, yeah. It's a, it's a tough one. I, that's uh, the problem. With it's frustrating with the with the with the conversation on property rights. I mean, it's fair enough that it, it gets gets drawn back to. Uh, dispossession uh, land dispossession in, in the past previous in, in injustices given our given our history um of race based oppression um but it just goes to show how important um property rights are um so i think to to kind of touch on what czo is saying is um, the the i understand there's a the problem is that the 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 government has failed in its restorative justice project of land um, restitution, I Rest- believe restitution and redistribution are, are two different things. In, yeah. in the whole land restitution process, is flawed, and I think that's definitely something that people should hold uh, the ANC government to account, one hundred percent. But I think mm-hmm. what's important to recognise is what the government's intentions are, um, as Thiyako mentions, with such adopting a policy. Um, or at least the ANC adopting the policy and trying to put it through through Parliament of expropriation, and vying for uh, one of the, the 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 proposals was for state custodianship. So ultimately, we just need to be very aware of of, of government actions um, when it comes to property rights. Um, and you know, if the if the state owns everything, everyone loses. So then there'll be no restorative justice for everyone. Mm-hmm. And uh yeah, it's just gonna perpetuate those forces that uh Cesar points out. Yeah, yeah,
1: if I can definitely. add on to to Alex's point, um what we also saw is that all although the intentions of it might be um might might appear good as in you know we need to rectify an injustice of the past through um going through this land reform process, something that we need to be wary of is how it is done. Because if we look yeah. at in Zimbabwe when um mm. Robert Mugabe and his click decided that, you know what, we need to go on the land, land reform um, process. Yeah. And it was not the ordinary um, um, Zimbabwean that actually, you know, benefited from this, but he instead prioritized giving land um, to one of his um, compatriots, the people around yeah. him. That's where he was yeah. actually focused on giving land. So that's why we need to be very careful when people come with promises, but um, they don't actually go through with what... Um, they say so yeah that could be a a crucial concern
2: yeah no definitely let's go to the last comment um, from colleague and this one just starts off uh, randomly or weirdly Um, it says yet we seem to we seem not to believe in restorative justice regarding property injustices of the past Um, exclamation mark exclamation mark question mark GFO um what are your thoughts there <laughs> those
5: are important you know <laughs> well well we have laws we we have government laws uh, mm-hmm. that are there to assist with restoring justice to those that an injustice was um done upon in the past but mm-hmm. unfortunately the government of the day is, is is has not been working hard enough to ensure that they do restore um those properties back to the rightful owners in instances whereby land was indeed stolen. But mm. I think the like, property the property issue is very complex. It would mm-hmm. require much more a much lengthier conversation. Um, given that mm. well my, my own belief is that we can we can't even look at for example land that we we can't begin the conversation at at, at the point whereby land was stolen by uh, white people, when they arrived in South mm-hmm. Africa, instances whereby land was stolen. Remember that not all land that, that 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 white people occupy in South Africa or have occupied in South Africa was stolen land. Some mm-hmm. of the land was vacant. Some of the land was, was bought. Of course, some of the land was stolen. But as well, even before mm-hmm. white people arrived in South Africa, there are um, instances whereby black people um, amongst themselves had, had, had stolen land from each other yeah. and in an area like Hamalepo here in mbopo you have hoshi who's the king of Hamalepo. Uh, mm-hmm. but if you go there and have conversations with elder, elders in the community they'll tell you that this is not the original king before this king there was another king this one's came mm-hmm. through fought that one and, and 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 took over the kingdom so it's it's a very complex matter that mm-hmm. must be analyzed thoroughly, and, yeah. and, and, and context is everything as well. You exactly. must analyze it looking at, at, at the past context as well, whereby mm. conquering communities was the order of the day. One mm. king conquering another king was the order of yeah. the day. That's how things were done. And it seems to be a shocking thing when white people came into South Africa and conquered black people, whereas it's yeah. it something that has always been happening, tribes always conquered each other, The issue seems that it's 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 people of a different race who came and conquered. Definitely the colour is now different. Yeah, so Mm. if we are going to discuss this, I think we must start it at that very point and 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 start with tribal wars, how land was stolen then and come with Mm. it, white people and everything, understanding the context of what was the order of the day at the time. So yeah, we'll we'll need a much lengthier discussion around this. I'm
2: ready. Um, when yeah. can we schedule a history, you know, history <laughs> yeah. podcast, you know, how the land was yeah. stolen? Um, Sholin, uh, do you have yeah. anything to say?
1: Yes, I wanted to add, is that we've seen now, um, the state, or the government, cannot even run, um, a proper um, electricity supply, run proper water supply, get rid of our sewage, um, mm-hmm. provide us with and security. Why would you trust them, to manage land a crucial, important um, part of our economy. If the economy is run our electricity, why would they be able to run our land? Mm. I
2: have no yeah. idea how we believe in them, <laughs> but you know
5: what? You know, a little hope will never <laughs> issue in Berlin, Another another mm. discussion we should perhaps have at a later stage. It's, it's a very mm. discussion around kings and why we have kings in a democracy. Some of these kings, mm. like mm. I said, came through. Taking over from other people, uh, through wars, fights, and everything. Surely, yeah. if we have kings in today's state, I should be able to go and kill king the king of the Zulu people right now ah, from ah, and become please. a king. If, if, if very so what I'm giving you this is that, that is a joke, were not guys. Born, kings were not born with this thing. Some of them mm. took it over from someone. Surely if it's yeah. something that we're we'll yeah. with in a democracy then i should be allowed right now to go and slaughter a king and take over Mm -hmm. their kingdom if it's a system Mm -hmm. that we're continuing with and recognizing these people as official kings they became official kings through killing Mm -hmm. Surely, we should be able mm. to remove them from the seats uh, through killing, but that's that's a discussion oh. for another day. It mm-hmm. does link with the
0: discussion, Not through Chilean, but now, you but know, are right? other in, ways well, if, we, can,
2: we can remove them in other ways. But it's how it happened. <laughs>
4: if
0: I can just add some fuel to that fire, I think, yeah. I think what's important that, Tejo, like, Tejo points to is this, this debate has nuance, you can't just mm. be a historical and look at it through one lens. Yeah. You know, yeah. you've got to th- look at it through a tribal lens. Yeah. You've got to look at a through African yeah. history lens, um, and also, yeah, like that's the thing. I think you're mentioning like the tribal authorities. The idea of a title deed is not yeah. necessarily something that uh, runs rampant through South Africa, but it is the essence of property ownership, especially when it comes to to land. Yeah. So, I think I think mm-hmm. it's also I think it's a great precedent that's been set, and I think it's definitely a conversation that can be had. And I think that's really yeah. what you're just trying to do here, at FAN is have these yeah. conversations. So I think it's a, it's awesome that we do get this feedback, and we have such awesome uh, engagement from our fans. Yeah. Uh, yeah, especially on on Facebook.
2: Yeah, from yeah. our fans. Get it? You guys get it? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, guys, thank you so much um, for this discussion. And you at home, I hope um, you enjoyed it and you learned a thing or two um, from this episode. And do remember, your freedom is worth fighting for.